from what I understand, uh, hey Jason, don't forget to start the clock, man. Don't forget to start the clock because I know 19 seconds is not a, is a, not a lot of time for a lot of people. But anything can get popping in 19 seconds, man. DJ Eakin here along with the homie Crisco Kid players playlist popping off, man. And uh, Crisco, can you feel my excitement? Can you feel my excitement, Crisco? Bro, I was right there with you, man. 19 hey, seconds. Hey, hey look, man. Tom Brady can do it at 19. We're going to make this happen. Let's oh, go. Look, man, the energy last night in Ray J. Shouts out to every entire Buccaneer fan. I'm going to dedicate this show to the GOAT, man. And I'm also going to dedicate this episode to every real Buccaneer fan here in the Bay, man. And, and I mean that sincerely, bro, because it was a little, I ain't going to lie. I ain't gonna lie, and and as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this, my brother, extended family has joined us. Mr. Wilt Wallace will will be joining us, but let me let me get the last bit of this spill out, man. Uh, let me get the last bit of this spill out because I don't want to act like I do not want to act like the energy wasn't a tad bit nervous last night in Ray J. It was Crisco. It was, it was a tad bit nervous, and actually, to be honest. <laughs> It just, it just didn't feel right in there last night. It just did not feel right until them last few minutes. Like, we were in there really, like, you turn around and you see somebody that just, you know, they, they were a fan also of the team, and they were just like, man, we got to do something. Man, we got to do something. Man, we got to do something. So so to come out of there, I ain't going to sit on here and act like I wasn't nervous. I ain't going to sit on here and act like I wasn't like we got a real chance to, to to like really command this this division that's a little nervous. Let's take it tonight. But when it's all said and done, I'm on Facebook today with the picture of me and the goat Crisco Wilt talking about. Hey, 19 seconds is more than enough time. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. Welcome, gentlemen. I'm glad you're here. I don't mean to be acting like the the, the playmaker and Stephen A. How they be acting on ESPN's first take, but the energy is here today, folks. <laughs> My man, hey, hey Chris right now bro i love it I hey love man it. hey you see me hey you see me hat bandana on jersey on i got the shades on you see me today well i know you got something slick to say will my man will wallace is here vp extraordinaire uh will what exactly is the title now because you like such a heavyweight in the game what is the title now Nah, man, I'm just out here pushing these artists, man. But I'm the senior vice president of Urban Promotion at Columbia Records. Man, hold up. First of all, let's hey, 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 Crisco, like we always do, let's give the brothers flowers for taking the time to join us here and to be be such a such a such a, a dope mover in this industry. Uh, uh, Will, I know you've seen kind of what we do here. The reason Crisco and I started this is because you know. First of all, big shout out to Crisco. Always got to give that man his flowers. The voice, the mover, the shaker for the Arizona Cardinals moves around. Fan experience, fan engagement, Mr. Endgame host, all that good stuff. I'm glad he's here. Crisco and I was like, I said, Crisco, what if we did a show that we kind of talked about this music, this entertainment, this sports around? And what if we had some of our really cool friends that, you know, hey, Crisco think they know about sports think that their team is oh right, you know can right, you know right, right. you know we'll, we'll, jersey, now you know everything you know, yeah, you know, you know we let hey, them come hey, on hold in on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
I don't never claim to be no expert, but I'm a loyalist. I'm just like, yo, I rep for my squad. You know what I'm saying? I'm born and raised in the DMV, so I'm repping. It doesn't matter if it's Redskins, Washington football team, or Commanders. I'm repping my squad. And he can actually, I like that win last night because it wasn't the pretty Tom Brady. It was an ugly win. Y'all won the way we win, the way Taylor Heineke would have done it. And you know we put that pressure on y'all last year. We beat you last year and gave you a run in the playoffs. So I'd love to see y'all again this year. Look, man, hold up. Do you see Crisco? Do you see what the man does? Do you see? Do you see how smoothly he give it to you that you don't even you don't even realize he's giving you violence. You don't even realize it, Crisco. Oh, that's how you get to be that C senior vice president with the name. You feel me? Right. You gotta you you, you hit him, you give him the compliment, then you follow back with one more. You feel me? Hey, man. Hey, you, you know, you build them up and then break them down a little bit. It's all good. It's all love, <laughs> Just like the GOAT did last night. He, he, let the, he let the Saints have three and a half quarters of dominance, 16 to three, I think the score was. I turned the yeah. game off for a minute. I came back, and they were within a touchdown. They only down six. I'm like, whoa, what happened? How did he turn that in the fourth quarter? And then he delivers. You know what I'm saying? You build them up and then break them down. Well, well, let me ask you this because we we do talk sports a lot in these little these little group texts that we in. After yeah. seeing the Bucks last night, though, and and really looking at them and and looking at the playoffs, and and if I'm not mistaken, right now, there, it, I think it was a few days ago. I don't know about now with the standings. You might can correct me. It was look. It's looking like everybody in the NFC East, if the playoffs started right now, they would be in. Now, looking at my Buccaneers, right, and and being you and Crisco, you guys are sports guys. Give me your thoughts for real. Do you think that the Buccaneers really have a chance in the playoffs? I don't see you guys having a chance to win another chip, but I think you guys can definitely win in the first round. I think you guys, you know, um, you'll win your division, right? So right. outright, you'll win your division, so you'll probably be like the fourth seed. You'll probably be the lowest of the four divisions, divisional uh, winners. And I think y'all will get a home game because of that. And that, in that case, I can see y'all bringing somebody to Raymond James and knocking them out in the first round. Second round is going to get a little tough for you, especially if you've got to go on the road somewhere like Philly, um, I don't know if you guys can win on the road in Philly, but you do have enough playmakers. I mean, you got Julio Jones. You saw the catch he made at the end of the game last night. You always got Mike Evans out there. You still have Leonard Fournette. The way that offense is, if you can get rolling, I mean, you know, y'all can compete, but I don't think y'all can make a Super Bowl run. I think it's going to be either Philly or um, really I think Philly has the best shot. I don't believe in Minnesota. Maybe, I hate to say this, you know I hate to say this, but maybe Dallas can make a run. But I, I don't see I don't see you guys winning that. Yeah. Dare you say it, Will. Dare you say it. He made a very valid point uh, for, for a Commanders fan to, to back the Cowboys in a statement. That's how much you got to pay uh, respect to the Cowboys this season. Right. Hey, man, any team that put 33 points up in the fourth quarter in the NFL – I mean, I don't care who you're playing against. These are NFL players. This is the best of the best. They scored 33 unanswered points in one quarter in football. That doesn't happen. This ain't college. This ain't Alabama. So I got to give it to the Cowboys. They're built to win, but I think they'll choke in the playoffs. Really, the Cowboys, I had them below San Francisco until Jimmy G got hurt. So now with Jimmy G out, I don't really believe San Francisco can make the run. So I, I think that it's really coming down to the Eagles and probably the Cowboys, man. Do and and I hate to say this, like because like I said, they're they're having a great season, right? And we know and and like and I have to say this too, and, and I and I do say like all the sports guys that I'm starting to watch on that I watch on TV, I give them big props too, because they're finally giving to me 
Jalen Hurts the respect as a quarterback and not just saying the black quarterback, right? Like he's getting respect as a quarterback. He's obviously put in the work because, I mean, think about it. We saw what this dude went through when Tua made his appearance at Alabama, right? It was like suddenly like Jalen was on the side. Tula was this purist, could really throw it or whatever. And then he next thing you know, Jalen was transferring, right? He's made it to the NFL, and we all always know what this, right? He's a running quarterback, a running black quarterback. Now it seems like the conversation is becoming he's a real quarterback. Do you think it's overdue or is it the timing just right where he's really proving that, yo, I put this work in, respect me as a quarterback? Yeah, I think that he earned it because of the work he did in the offseason before this season. Because watching him play last year, he was dynamic and he he spanked us, but he kind of looked like a running quarterback. But in the offseason, he worked on his accuracy. He worked on his deep ball. And with the weapons that they surrounded him with, I mean, he is legit like top tier. You know, he's he's elite. He's looking elite this year. I can't deny it. Man, I feel like the weekend recap is happening right now. So, so Crisco, let me throw this at you. Patrick Mahomes, okay. Joe Burrows. Does Joe Burrows I, have Patrick Mahomes' number? And either one of y'all could jump in because it seemed like lately, like Joe Burrows is like, be, well, also, too, you got to give the coaching staff something because it seems like they have the number two of how to handle the 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 uh, the Chiefs' offense, right? So they give Burrows a chance to really be in the game as opposed to the Chiefs running up to scoring them. But is Joe Burrow's going to be that thorn in Patrick Mahomes' side, you think, the way that Brady seemed to be? who's Who couldn't win? And, well, a bunch of guys couldn't win because of Brady, right? You got uh, Aaron Rodgers really couldn't win because of Brady, right? The only person who really says that they came off against Brady is Eli Manning, right? Like, if you say anybody. Brady you know, stopped we, a lot we, of people. We were actually we were talking about that last night because uh, initially early in the game, my girl made a comment, man, how many quarterbacks this season can say that they got one over on Tom Brady? But then I'm like, I, I think the D, we, we always compare the quarterback versus quarterback, right? But I think it's, wouldn't it be the defense? Who would be the defensive superstar? Because the quarterback isn't really playing on the other side of the ball to really go like head to head. But I understand the whole comparison and what people do. Right. Um, I do, I, I will say though, I did notice Joe Burrow running the ball a little bit more. At one point, he put his head down and just ran around the tackle and went in. I think he was supposed to give the ball off. He kept it and just went around. I was like, good Lord, this man is running with a purpose. So now you got Joe Burrow, who can, we know we know he can throw, right? But now right. he seems to be running a little bit more and becoming more involved. Like if he can't get it done or, or his team can't get it done, he's going to run the ball and find a way to get it done himself. I did notice that this game, and I think it's because he was trying to prove that point this week. Well, does that make sense? I mean, now nah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, look, right. Joe Burrow. Now, nah, I mean, look, Joe Burrow is is finding his stride and is, is dangerous because they had the struggles early in the season, and now here they're hitting their stride. They got Jamar Chase back. P. Ryan is running the ball incredible. Somebody that we drafted in D.C. that I hate we let go. Um, you know, but I, honestly, I, I see, I see the. The, like what you said, Crisco, the defense, right? And that continues to be the issue in Kansas City. If they can't outscore you, if they can't put up 40 points, 35 points, they're going to have trouble with you. And, you know, the defense is going to have to stand up if you want to stop somebody like the, the, the Bengals. Because Joe Burrow and that offense, they have so many weapons. You know what I mean? You look at T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, they have so many weapons out there. It's hard to stop them, man. Hey, hey, Joe hey. Burrow is cool as they come. Go ahead, Crisco. Jump in. Crisco, I think we lost your mic now. Crisco just don't want to be here this week. Crisco's like, like, oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. Can we talk about defense right quick? Go ahead, man. You did. 
I was nervous for the Bucks defense. I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. there. There were a couple times where I was watching the Saints. When you know Kamara, he's going to run the ball. We know that. But it didn't look like – I didn't know if that 19 seconds was going to be even a factor in the game because the, the Bucks just let too many that too many yards go in that fourth quarter. So I didn't know Brady was going to be out there and do the GOAT magic that he's known for. Um, same thing that we see with our team. We do see um, actually a lot of teams – I don't know what it is about defense with this year to where you're only seeing like what we saw with Dallas and the interceptions and the picks and the runbacks. That was super rare, right? We we, we kind of know that. But I don't know if this season is like defense deficient. Is that by design or is that because like the referees are so like, you know, and the league has just moved to make it where it's offensive game, right? They want to see the scoring. They want to see quick, you know, the faster movement of the ball. So they're calling more on defense. So people can't really play as aggressive as this game of football that we're known for back in the day, right? You, you can't hit this. You, you, you got to tackle a certain way, which there are fundamental ways to tackle. And I don't see that a lot anymore, but maybe we're seeing lack of defense performance because the league and the refs just keep calling so much against defenders that they don't really want to get involved at the level that they should. Well, I'm going to take it a step further, Crisco. Actually, I, I think that you're right, but I've always believed the philosophy that defense wins championships, offense sells tickets, right? And so the league is so money hungry, they've been investing in offense. The rules invested in offense, giving these quarterbacks all these money, all this guaranteed money, all these big contracts. But look at the two divisions in football that are the most dominant this year, the NFC East and the AFC East. And all those teams are built around defense. Think about that. Philly, that, that front four that Philly has, think about Dallas's defense. Think about the commanders. We are a defensive team. We're running out here with Taylor Heineke. Two years ago, he wasn't even in the league. You know what I'm saying? So think about, and everybody really in the AFC East, even like um, when you look at Buff Buffalo, how did they build that roster? They built the defense and then got Josh Allen. You know what I mean? The only one that I say, you know, uh, the Jets as well, they're built on defense. The only one, New England's built on defense. The only one that I say is a little more offensive heavy and props out of the four teams and the, uh, the eight teams in those two divisions is the Dolphins. The Dolphins are built a little more around offense and then defense, I say secondary because they went and got all those playmakers on the outside. But I mean, for real, I think that if you really want to win in this league, especially in December and January where it matters the most, you got to have a defense that's ready to ball. Yeah, and that's they- why I'm scared of Dallas, man. Yeah, you 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 definitely on the point with that because it, like I, a team you didn't mention when you were talking about all those twos, that every time they talk about the 49ers, right? They talk about Jimmy G just really has to be a dope game manager and not make big mistakes, get the ball to the playmakers and give this defense a chance because they're going to make it happen, right? And and that those are very valid points. Well, well, I want to ask you something else too though, Will, while you're here, right? Because you like to be real, like like we joke all the time and and you said it as you as you began this and you jumped on here how dedicated a fan you are to the teams in the DMV with all the stuff that is going on with the commanders slash Redskins for people who don't know about the updated name in the front office and ownership. How does that make the energy or how does that make it difficult for you to be a fan? Not for me. Um, it, it makes it challenging to put a good product on the field, but I think hiring a guy like Ron Rivera, he was able to kind of separate the two. 
you know, and what you get on the field versus what's going on in the front office. He's been able to put a wall up, and you see that the players are really bought into his philosophy. Uh, I'm so glad that they brought Ron in. And you saw the same thing when Joe Gibbs was there. You know what I mean? Because, honestly, Jack can't cook. People give him a lot of respect because he got three Super Bowls, but he wasn't the best owner in the world either. I mean, you know, he owned the, the Lakers before Jerry Buss did. So, you know, to see that he gave up the form in the Lakers and see what that became as a, as a business entity. I can't put all my chips in Jack can't cook the same way I wouldn't put all my chips in Daniel Snyder. I'm hoping that at some point Daniel Snyder will go ahead and cut his cut his losses. It really actually won't be a loss. It'll be a win. I think he bought the team for like 800 million and he's right now valued at like five or six billion. So I think he'll come out on top. But I would hope that he would just let his ego step aside and really be the true fan that he says he is and give the the team to somebody who can take us into the future. Because I'm I'm a loyal fan because my dad's a loyal fan. My dad grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, my dad was born in 1949. Before 1960, there were no NFL teams in the South. The Redskins were the only team south of the Mason-Dixie line. So you had no Bucks, you had no Cowboys, you had no Dolphins, you had no Falcons, you had no Saints, not, nothing below there. So the Redskins were the first team to have all 14 of their games televised. So they had a big dominance of the South. And my dad was a part of that fan, fandom and, and that support. So in the 50s, he grew up as a big Redskins fan. And uh, eventually in the 70s, him and my mom moved to the DMV. I was born in 1980 in the DMV. We went to four Super Bowls by the time I was 11 years old. We won three of them. So it was kind of hard to not be a fan. So right. I'll always be loyal to that. And, you know, I moved, as you know, I came to Atlanta to go to college. I started my career in Atlanta. I moved to L.A., built up my career there, and then moved back to Atlanta. So the way that I kind of stay true to myself and my roots and my people's back home, the root for me and my life and my growth is by supporting the teams back home. Because that's the thing that we have in common. It's like my way of paying homage to where I come from. Right. Let me, let me get this in then because I know how, how, how much your family means to you. And I know you do a lot with your daughter and, and that sort of thing. Is she in the football? Is she in the sports at all yet? Is, does she understand no. dad's love for the commanders? Or does she just kind of be like, dad, if you with it, I'm with it. She, she respects my love for the commanders, but my daughter, she likes to be anti. So I took her to a nationals game and I'm talking like, Ethan, I'm trying to like turn her into a sports fan. Cause she's a princess, you know, right. she's dresses and colors and she doesn't care about sports at all. Right. So I'm trying to convert her. So Nats versus Mets. I got tickets in like the fifth row. You can hear the ball smacking the mitt every time they throw a pitch. Right. Right. She stands up and is cheering for the Mets. Everybody looking at me. I got my nationals jersey on. They look at me like, is, is that your kid? Like what, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like the first time I had her sit and watch a full, I think at the time we were the Redskins, Redskins game on TV with me, they were playing the Eagles. And she's like, I'm rooting for the green team, dad. If you're rooting for that team, I'm rooting. So she likes to be anti. Right. But recently, more recently, I think she's seen how excited I get when we're on those runs, like that run where we, uh, you know, won the division in 2020, made it into the playoffs, had that big game against the Bucks. Um, and so now she kind of supports it. So she's like, go Washington. But she doesn't understand it or really care about it. But because I love it so much, she's giving it a little love now. But wow. at first, it was really rough, bro. She was she was really tough on me. <laughs> I, can I can imagine that moment, right? You in a game and, and your kid, like your world, stands up and be like, but the other team, though. But the other team, though. <laughs> the other team, though. Other team. And, yo, and, 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 and the Mets spanked us, yo. So we like in the sixth inning. I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. We gone. We gone. We out. <laughs> 
Hey, man, Crisco, you hit me with something this week, man, as, as we shift gears a little bit here. And I think we're going to get a little overtime action today, Crisco. We shift okay. gears here um, to the NBA. And, of course, you know with the NBA, it's all kinds of stuff going on, right? There's Kyrie, there's this, there's that. Um, and I think some of the royal family happened to be at a game this week. And, of course, who a guy that we all love, Jalen Brown, is at a press conference, right? And, of course, the reporters, they do what they do. It's hardly ever about the actual game. Or the sport. It's about all these other things that go on around it. <laughs> right. Last week, it's all about the clickbait of the headline. They don't have any preparation anymore to ask the players anything. It's all just the one clip that they need. You got right. it for it? Right. So, so, so for those listening, let, let me give you the audio of, of Jalen Brown in the, in the press conference. And then, Crisco, we can immediately just get your thoughts right after it because you were immediately with the, hey, man, this week, let's, let's, get, on, let's get into this one right here. Jason, drop that. <laughs> Um, I know you guys have played in front of a lot of celebrities, but what was it like to compete in front of royalty tonight? The Prince and Princess of Wales were in the building. Um, It was just a regular game to me. (laughs) Go ahead, man. Y'all can have it from here, bro. (laughs) And then I like the other clip where I was like, uh, the royal family, uh, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary? You know, that was the one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about royalty. Now, that's the only royalty I address or whatever he said. Man, I don't know why we care so much about the royal family, man. I, I don't know what it's going to take. You talk about canceling some people for tweets and comments, but you look at a family, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to get political, but I will say just history. Look, I feel like, do y'all even know their last name? No. Why you care so much about these people? You know, and, and I don't get why everybody's making a big deal about the Netflix and, oh, exposing the royal family. Guess what? Who cares? It's a murder. <laughs> we got our own problems happening right here. And it, what, they nothing, you know, what, you're going to play basketball better? The, the, the ball is going to go in the hoop a little different because Prince Harry, they're not even princes anymore. They'd announced the royal titles. They're Joe and Jack and Jill and Jamie in the front row. I don't care who's there. Let's play some basketball. About the damn royal hey, hey, remember that rant I went on about Antonio Brown? I think that was Crisco's rant right there. I think that I think that was Crisco's right there. Will do you care if the royal family is at a game that you're at, or you know, in the room, or any of that? It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. You know, Ron Rivera always has this thing where he says that there's there's things that are important and there's things that are interesting, and that's just it's interesting. Okay, it's cool. They were there. Let's ball. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love the way Jalen handled it though. Like, he just kind of like, yo. I didn't notice. I was, whatever. I'm playing ball. You know what right. I mean? Like, let's talk about the game. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we get too caught up, especially in the social media area and everything else, all the distractions outside of the court, the field. Like, let's focus on the subject. Like, let's stop worrying about who's over there, who's tweeting, who's taking pictures. And, yo, forget all that. Like, we in the lines, man. We trying to score points. We trying to hoop. We trying to win championships. Like, what do you think about the royal family? Right. That's not even uh, it's like it's not even like the U.S. president. Like this is America. Like Crisco said, like, uh, I, I don't know. I just that's not my thing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so. what if we had like a battle rumble of reporter, <laughs> right? Like a little smackdown, like a, like a royal rumble here. And like they got to they got to somehow fight each other in whatever manner it is to determine who's going to ask the stupidest question. Who gets to ask, ask those like social media driven questions? And, and then everybody, you got to stick to the to the focus at hand. Or once you ask a question, it has nothing to do with it. People keep looking at you like this. 
Like, what the hell are you asking, bro? Every time you ask a stupid-ass question, then you got to go. you suspended, just like how they suspend everybody. You're suspended from asking stupid questions in the middle of a press conference. Am, am I ranting today? I am so sorry, man. Hey, bro, it's cool. That's why you're here. Box. I love it. Yeah, but but you know what, though, Chris, Crisco, I, I do want to ask Wilt this because we were talking about this last week, right? And we were talking about, Wilt, we were talking about the Kyrie Irving situation, right? And to Crisco's point, we were talking about how Kyrie comes in and we know all that has gone on, right? But he just got through playing a game. And Kyrie kept saying, Do, does anyone have a question about the actual game? But, of course, they kept going back to the film and all this other stuff, right? So one of Crisco's points and, and that we were talking about was, at some point, we the media have to hold ourselves responsible. But also, the PR person, or I guess we could kind of say maybe in your role a little bit, right? Like, say, if you bring an artist to a station. Do you feel that you have to sometimes maybe maybe you would have to maybe step in and be like, hey, we're not doing that here. I didn't bring my artists here for that. Like, have you have you ever had to encounter that or do you feel like that's part of the role as the promotions or PR person to protect your client like when they're in those situations? Definitely. A hundred percent is part of the role. And it's definitely something I have had to do as well as my colleagues. We are dealt with it all the time. And what's the saddest part about it is a lot of times you know, we have people submit the questions in advance and then they don't want to do that. They don't want to give away what they're going to ask. But this is why we ask you to submit them in advance so we can make sure there's nothing uncomfortable to make sure this interview or, or press conference doesn't go left. And I think that, um, you know, at some point the media does have to take accountability because, you know, if you're going to ask the question, you're going to get the energy that you brought to the table. You're, you are coming with violence. You are asking the tough question that you know is going to poke the bear. You are trying to get a clickbait moment. And, you know, at some point you have to take that accountability. It is on us. We do our best to manage it. But there's habitual line steppers that continue to just pass over the boundaries and go deeper and deeper because they're looking for their own, you know, clicks or likes or follows or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm like, let's get back to the subject and matter, man. Let's get back to what's on the court, you know, and let's get back to the music. So often we bring artists to, you know, radio stations or different places and people want to talk about everything but the music. The artist is there to talk about his music. If not, we'll move on. We don't have to do the interview. So yeah, that is on us to try to manage it. But sometimes people don't respect the boundaries. Boom. LeBron James, can, can, you know, because that made news within the past week here about his comments about, hey, where's the? I want the same energy that you guys that that you guys gave Kyrie, and, and, and pretty much, you know, regarding to sports and what's happening off the field regarding Jerry Jones. Um, was that a little clickbait moment for LeBron though? Because at the end of the day, they got to sell tickets in LA as well, especially with how they're playing. Um, do you think that uh, because there's there's been other chances where. LeBron has chosen to be silent when a lot of people feel that LeBron should have spoken up. And um, was it right on time? Was it a little late? Was it just trying to prove a point? Um, how do you guys feel about that? I personally felt like it was right on time. Uh, I thought that LeBron needed to make that statement. And it actually made me respect him a lot more. I feel like he, you know, he took a hard stance against Kyrie. And he took a little bit of heat for that. So he came back and was like, yo, if I'm going to take this stance on that, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. So if there's wrongs on both sides, let's address all the wrong. You know, we all know LeBron's a Cowboys fan. So we all know he probably has a relationship with Jerry Jones. That was a big moment for him to take that stance publicly. He didn't, you know, he may have ruined his relationship with one of the most powerful men in sports. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, he was doing what was right. And I feel like LeBron, like, you know, people get into the LeBron Jordan GOAT conversation. We're not going to get into that right now. But at the end of the day, 
if you take all the on-court stuff away and you just talk about LeBron as a man, somebody who was 17 years old and on the cover of Sports Illustrated and was set up to fail from that moment on, like he had all the pressure on him. And when you talk about, you know, not only measured up, but exceeded expectations, LeBron is the GOAT in all areas outside of, you know, basketball because he has managed himself with no major scandals, no major issues, and dignity and respect his whole career. So I got to salute LeBron for that. I really appreciated that moment. I was going to jump in, but Wilt covered everything I was going to say about LeBron. Right, that is it. That's the sum up on LeBron right there. You, we can argue, goat Jordan, all this kind of stuff. But for to be a dude that, like Wilt said, has been in front of the camera, and, I, and actually, well, he might even been in the camera. What, at like fourteen, fifteen? They was watching him, right? And to be that dude with that much attention on him all the time, and to and again, I know we all know the dude ain't perfect, right? But to represent his family, his legacy, his mom, his kids, we see what goes on out here every day. We talk about it, Crisco, right? We all talk about it, right? Like how quick we be like, dude, if you're thinking of nothing else, what about your kids are going to see this on the Internet? They got to argue with their friends over what you're doing. I think that dude has handled it as well as dude anybody could. So to Wilt's point, man, I give him all the props in the world for just being a dope black dude, put his team on, creating opportunity. He's dope for that. Do you think, because um, I'm just thinking about, you know, Patrick Peterson and the Kyler Murray comments that happened with a couple of days ago where uh, P2 had said, that, you know, Kyler just thinks about himself. He's about himself, right? And Kyler responded with like, hey, man, this could have been a phone call. You're supposed to be a big bro to me, um, which I do agree that probably should have been a phone call if he felt that way before he kind of said anything public. With that being said, do you think that LeBron, there was a phone call before he checked reporters for that? Um, because the way that Jerry Jones, or maybe there was a phone call after, because when Jerry Jones was asked about that on a, a local radio station, they had said, uh, or he, his response was that, hey, LeBron, because uh, you can't really throw shade at LeBron, like because everything that you guys have mentioned, right? There's no scandals behind LeBron James. Uh, he, he's a successful businessman, respected in the community. So what could Jerry Jones have said? Oh, he, you know, he has no right to say this and this and that. Even though Jerry Jones didn't address the issue, like we, I think a lot of people wanted him to address the issue. Um, but he did say, you know, he's a fine person. He can still play tight end for the Dallas Cowboys if he wanted, you know, whatever have you. Do you think there was a conversation instead of kind of calling that out in public? Should there have been or maybe there was a phone call that's like, hey, Jerry, we we know, you know, the public, there's got to be some type of comment or statement that has to happen out loud. Um, well, you want to jump in first or you want me to get this yeah, one? Yeah, I, look, I, I don't know if there was a conversation or not. I don't feel like LeBron should be held to the same accountability as Patrick Peterson with, Ky- with Kyler Murray because they were teammates. These, these are brothers right. in the locker room, you know, and Kyler said he looked up to him like big bro. And he's like, you know, so if you big bro, call little bro and tell him you got an issue, don't put it in the media. So I kind of understand that. That's like personal. Like me and Ekin, me and you, we have relationships. We've been in these clubs. We've been in the streets together. We've got our lives on the line together. So if one of you guys went out there and said something about me, I would be like, yo, why, you got my number? Why don't you call me? But if Boom. the head of Warner Records who I worked with and maybe have a relationship with for something in the past or Columbia or another company, something came up and I was asked about it and said something, I wouldn't feel that same accountability like I would with my brothers. Like, oh, I got to call him. Like, if I'm asked about it, I'm going to speak on it. And, you know, I think LeBron was just using that as it was a, it was a touch point at a moment like, hey, I need to make an example out of like, hey, keep the same energy. So here's a here's a hot topic that's going on right now. You know, right. so let me use this as an example to state what is right. And and also jump on that point. I don't I didn't take it like LeBron really, to be honest, totally went at Jerry Jones. I took that more as like, 
you reporters, when I walked in here, I could barely sit yes. down. And it was Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. It was film. Yes. It was tweet. It was everything. And we just going past the news like this picture of Jerry Jones didn't appear. And his right. whole and, and, you know, we can't like like to his point. Right. And, and you guys have made the same point. You can't pick the times you want me to shut up and dribble. But then these other times you want my opinion on everything. Like I watch people in the comments was like, well, they ask you about basketball because you play basketball. The Kyrie question was not a basketball question. It was about something that happened on Kyrie's Twitter. It, it wasn't about about it wasn't about you think Kyrie can get 30 tomorrow against the, against another team. It was about Kyrie on Twitter. So to his point, this whole thing, like Will just said, keep the same energy across the board. If you feel it's OK to ask me these questions because it's something big that was somebody involved with sports, then ask me them all. Don't just pick it because it's Jerry Jones today and yesterday right. Kyrie's more low hanging fruit because anti anti-Semitism right now is the hot button. You know, so yeah. Yeah. that's that's my thoughts on it, man. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm always gonna respect the source. Nailed, Nailed it! Boom! Hey, man, uh, uh, let me shift one more time here, um, because another hot button this week, man. And and let me tell you something right now, man. I'm starting to think. You know what I'm starting to think? I'm thinking you dudes like you will dudes like Crisco. Y'all just hanging out here with me to get y'all audition tapes ready. In like a year, I'm going to be asking y'all to come do something. you be like, hey, man, we got first take tomorrow, bro. We can't do this with you, bro. We got first take tomorrow. Because I, I ain't know these dudes knew this much about, you know, me and Wilt go at it. Me and Chris go go at it. But they over here like, they got monitors in the back where they got all the sports stuff. They got the dude with the data up in their headset. I think that's what's going on, man. Let's talk prime time. You know that's a big hot button right now. Prime time. Deion Sanders, who we all know and love, has been a fan favorite. He's that dude, man. Prime time is that dude. If you look at sports history, prime time has done it, right? Florida State yep. standout. Uh, you you know what he's done in the NFL. You you know he's he's prime time for real, right? Went over okay. to. Yeah, Come he's on. done it all. M must be the money. You know primetime, right? Went over to Jackson State, historically black college, and did his thing. To me, did exactly what he promised. National prominence, championship, showed you what can be done. And I think in the beginning of it, he said, I'm probably going to leave if the bigger fish come. Not sure. I'm not, not quoting every word. But just this week, it got announced that he's going to be the head coach at Colorado. And we all know if you got a phone, if you got a computer, it's been a hot button. Uh, I ain't even going to jump out there with my thoughts because that is why you have the team that I do here. Uh, go ahead, get Well, Wallace, go ahead, baby. Take this Will, one first. What's your thoughts on primetime leaving for Colorado? I'm not mad at it, man. I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's a personal decision. I've never coached a major a college football program. I've never played in the NFL at a Hall of Fame level. So I got to respect that Dion for where he's at in his life is making the right decision for him and his family. And I think that a lot of people out here getting personal and upset about it. Well, then you go co coach a HBCU program. You donate to these programs. You inspire the next person. I feel like, like you said, Prime showed the blueprint for what can be done at these programs. And if anything is set the table for somebody else to step up and now do it. Now he's on to his next challenge. Colorado was 1-11 last year or this year. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's not like he's walking into an easy situation. Colorado ain't been relevant since I was in high school. And I'm 42 years old. So it like for real like this is a real challenge for him to step into this next situation so it's not like he's taking the easy road out he's not going to florida state who just gets you re recruits just off of the name itself you know what i mean so he's trying to recruit people to boulder colorado who wants to go spend their college days out there that's not easy so let prime go do his thing man 
And the next person needs to step up and carry on that legacy, carry on that torch. I'm a HBCU graduate, uh, graduate, so I'm always, you know, celebrate HBCUs and root for them. I was so happy when Prime went there. I hate to see him leave. I love what he was doing for the program. I love what he was doing for the culture. But at the same time, I can't be mad at that man. He's not, he's not responsible for the whole, you know, HBCU sports legacy and where it goes from here on out. That is all of us as a community to rally and support these institutions. So I'm, I'm all in favor of Prime. Crisco, be before, Colorado. Crisco, before you jump in here, I want to give you a couple of points to touch on, right, and get your thoughts on them, right? Uh, one of the big things that I saw going on online was that people, because a dude even replied to me on Twitter and was making these points, and I st- and I kind of did what you did when I was like, please tell me what who doesn't go into an interview and say all the right things to get the job? Like, I just, I just don't know who anybody who doesn't do that. I also wanted to know which one of these people talking would dedicate half day salary to make the facilities better. Not saying that prime couldn't do it because he got money, but I just wonder who, who would do that. Right? Like, like we're talking all these things about what he hasn't, what he doesn't do that you don't like, but who would do some of these things. But one of the big points that this dude was making, and I've seen other people make it is that prime came in, like a politician as opposed to just a dude going for the job. And that's kind of how he swayed everybody to start watching. And then I'm reading this article on Anscape.com, right? And it says, this is another, this is another point that people are jumping on, right? It says, but choosing a, and I'm reading the excerpt out of it, but choosing a doormat like Colorado, really? That sends a message that running a lousy program at a predominantly white school is a better option than leading the best black one. And that seems to be a big point, right? Like, and, and Will, I know you'll, you'll want to jump back in on this, is, is, is what's being said is that as a black man, he feels that we have to run to the white establishment per se to feel like we're growing as opposed to digging in and really making sure the black institution becomes a better thing. Now, maybe it's me, and this is just one of the thoughts I had. I don't see, if Dion would have stayed at Jackson State for five more years, I don't see it being considered a Division One school. That's number one. And then number two, to your point, Will, I still feel like at the end of the day, Dion is a man first. He's got a family first. He's allowed to make any decision that he feels is best for his family, his kids. You know, like one of the points, too, was, well, he's just doing this for his son. Who ain't going to do the best for their kids and give their kids more opportunity? You know, and, and before I get on my soapbox, you know, gents, like, like y'all can jump in right here, man. I, I don't want to get too far on my soapbox without allowing y'all to jump in. Well, then I was going to have to be like, let's let we got we got a pallet. We don't need a pallet to jump on this. Box. <laughs> so, look, I'll make mine brief. Uh, hey, I, I'm just I'm 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 really tired of people telling other people what they should be doing with their life. People should be worried about their own life. I don't care if it's as a. Hispanic man, a black man, a white man, an Asian man. Worry about your own damn life. There needs to be more of that. Stop telling people how they how they should move just because it doesn't go with how you think they should move, right? Second thing is we've already touched on it. Yeah, you got to do what's best for yourself. You got to do what's best for your family. You got to create those opportunities. And, 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 and Will, you're right. Or Egan, who walks into an interview or who's not going to take an interview for an opportunity? Um, and, we, and we don't even know what's happening behind the scenes at Jackson State that made him want to entertain another offer from anywhere else. And I think the point that Colorado has a failing uh, uh, program right now, and you're, and you're right, Will, I mean, back in the 90s, Colorado, you would think about, yeah, let's go play for the, you know, the black and gold. People were like, yeah, that, yeah. You don't, even, you don't even know about Boulder, Colorado. You're, that's an afterthought. You wanted to go play at Colorado, right? It's not like that anymore. And I think that, and by the way, the university, from what I've heard and what I've read, they, they don't even, 
have the money to afford his whole contract right now. But that's how much they want someone. And I think Dion understands that value that he he is wanted there as well as he wants the opportunity to not only take uh, maybe like a Jackson State or any school that maybe in the HBCU circuit that plays ball. Like imagine someone going to Prairie View A&M. That's in Texas, so that's what I know, right? So you go to, uh, to Prairie View and then you turn that program around, let's say it just becomes number one and it, and it just beats everybody, it has all the championships, but then you see another chance to take another school that is not just in a historically black college, but that is a division one school that gets the big televised games, that does all this. And it's, I think it's like a challenge. You have the opportunity to take a program that has failed and let's just see how good you are at coaching. Cause maybe this is a thing for Dion to be like, I can do it at a HBCU and I can do it at a predominantly white school with all the money. It doesn't matter. I'm a solid coach. Stop doubting my ability. You're not going to call me Dion a primetime. You're going to call me coach. Like he wanted that amount of respect from the beginning. And I think this is for, this is a chance for him to finally get that by doing it in another level of college football. That's what I feel. Stop pocket watching people and telling people that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ekin, to your to your point about him being a politician, like people have short term memories. He's always been a politician. We're talking about a guy that put out a song called "Must Be the Money." You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a guy that switched teams one year to the next. Like, yo, I'm gonna take the power balance of the NFL to San Francisco. Now I'm gonna take it to Dallas. I'm gonna go to the highest bidder. I'm gonna, like, this is who he is. It's who he's always been. But that is also why he's able to bring that energy and that attention to your program. So he has put Jackson State on a map. Most people didn't know about this or talking about it didn't even know Jackson State existed three, four years ago. You know what I mean? So it's like, look, he did his work. He put them on the map. Now let him go on to his next challenge. And if you're so invested in the, the health and success of HBCUs, then the next man step up. Dion is not hold the whole fate of the black community and black sports on his shoulders. He is one member of it. And at the end of the day, I can't help you if I'm doing bad myself. Let him go get level up, get the money, get the prestige at that level. And then maybe he can come back or maybe he can invest in somebody else. Maybe his kid becomes a coach one day. But if we're just going to hold him and not let him grow, not let him evolve, not let him do what's best for him, how can he ever be more to all of us? So I'm just like, look, I ain't hating on Prime. Coach Prime, go get your money, go get your respect, and do what you got to do. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't eat, you know, I'm not in his kitchen, so I can't decide what's best for his family. He's got to make those decisions. Hey, man. I'd like to be in his kitchen, though, because he's rich. <laughs> and I want to go to my pantry right now, Will. Let me be in your kitchen, Dion. <laughs> Just one meal. Cook me your best meal. That's <laughs> Hey man, uh, <laughs> I, I can I, I can say this is honestly, and I ain't saying this because Wilt is sitting here, man. This is this has been one of my favorite episodes of the Players Playlist, man. Oh, yeah. This this right here, Wilt. I have to say, man, you being here with me and Crisco is exactly why we wanted to do this, man. To to talk to talk some of this talk with our peers and and dudes that we ex respect across the board, man. Uh, one one thing I do want to want to get from you before you you leave out of here, man, because you, you're doing a lot of big work right now, and 2023 is about to happen. Uh, if you can give us some insight on. You know what you got coming up for 2023 at the label, big plans with your artist. You know, Crisco and I, we, we you know, we we over here wanting to be the first to know. <laughs> yeah, he, we, we, which is unfortunate because I love Will Wallace. We don't speak a lot, but I follow him still on all social media, especially Facebook. And I'm happy. I'm proud of you, man. Congratulations on everything. We all about thank the flowers you, over here, Will. We all about thank the flowers you. over here. Thank you. Nah, thank you to both of you. I know both of you guys along. Yeah, no, I'm just saying you, you've always respect 
and you always treat other DJs that I know with respect. And I think that goes a long way. And that shows why you're so successful. And I'm just happy for you and, and, and the way you conduct yourself in this game. So what you got coming up, bro? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, look, we're pre- preparing for the rollouts. Uh, 2023 is going to be a, lot, a big year for us. You know, people like Fabio Foreign, Lil TJ have a lot of artists on the come up that are going to be doing big things next year. Um, we're still in our planning phases of some of these rollouts, so I can't give you dates or records or different things like that, but we will have a lot of stuff for you guys next year. Trust that. Okay, and right now, I just want to say shout out to the whole Columbia Urban Promo team. Right now, number one at Urban Radio, Rhythm Radio, and R&B Radio with Beyonce. Cuff it. Big year. She received the most Grammy nominations ever this year. So big things happened in the Columbia Records. Hey, man. Hey, man. I, I like it, man. I like it. Uh, gents, I do appreciate you both, man. Uh, another episode of the Players Playlist in the books. Oh, go ahead, Crisco. You got something else? Go ahead. You can't ask other DJs what they play to turn the game around. I want to know what you were playing. On your last minute, 19 seconds, whatever you want to say, what was your song selection to really get that stadium and switch the vibe and get and make that 19 second magic happen? What were you, you playing? You know what's so crazy about um, uh, Raymond Ray J is like, doesn't it seem like the old school works in there? Like we get much more of a party in there when the old school drops. So it'd be it'd be stuff dropping in there like around that time, like like as as a uh, as a uh, uh, digital Dave said, you know. DMX always get us going in there, like like always. And like in that last few minutes, DMX will get us going. This dude should get an award. He should get to do a stadium tour all season, uh, DJ Cool. DMV action. He should, because like, let me clear my throat is going to get, like if the crowd was sitting down quiet and we need that noise to be made, like we drop something like that. And then, you know, the players got some of their, got their songs too, because that thing start to switch to like Devin. I don't even think that everybody knows Devin White's song, Welcome to the Tail Ride, but like, his video, who, who and shout out to the the video team too that puts together like some of our our clips and stuff that go. That one that they have on Devin with that song that he he listens to is called uh, "Welcome to the Tail Ride." And what's really crazy, just just to flip that, is I actually think the group that made that song is from New Orleans because he's from like the Louisiana area, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, because um, I play this song every single week, and I don't think the crowd really knows it. They just know it's a song associated with him, and it's called "Welcome to the Tail Ride," right? And I still have never really seen those these dudes really do anything like super major, which means like to me, in my opinion, they should call a guy like Wilt about how to tie it all together because the song is playing every single week. And Devin is a major dude when it comes to the Bucks. Right. So the song is attached to something. Right. But songs like that, I can't really say one thing kind of made it last night because I think, too, we dropped, if I'm not mistaken, we dropped a lot of those things, too, where the players come on the screen and it's like, get up. Make some noise right now. Make some noise. So it wasn't really about the music last night. It, it really it really was. I mean, to, to the credit of, like I said, I think we did our thing. But a lot of it was like we just seemed to kind of get the crowd involved, like with different things that that the uh, the team puts together, the production team. I, I will say that it was it was a lot of that last night. And uh, like I said, I do remember like a couple of the old school joints. Like I said, DMX, the, the DJ cool joint. But I don't know. It was just one of the moments. Can I ask you a question real quick, Ethan? Yeah. Um, and, and you might not be able to divulge this, but it's just it's just my own curiosity as a fan. Uh, does Brady have a certain song that he comes out to when he runs on the field? You know, he does that legendary run down. Oh, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Cause, hey, cause, hey, yo, cause, hey. No, I, I, I can tell give you that what, to you. Yo, yo, because real quick, before you tell me what it is now, because I was in uh, Foxborough when he was playing for the Patriots one time. I went up there to watch the Redskins versus the Patriots. And it was right after the Flategate. I think it was like the Flategate happened, and this is the season after that. 
and it's like quiet, some little random rock music kind of playing in the background. And then all of a sudden, Brady comes running out the tunnel, and they drop Nas. You can hate me now. From that moment on, I was like, Brady's the goat. Salute, yeah. bro. Salute. Well, um, it's just like he's making a statement, like hate me, but I'm about to go t- tear these, tear the whole league up. I love yeah. it. You, you, you gave me some insight right there because actually, like, I had a chance to talk to to, to Tom at, at Mike's Mike Evans event. And to your question, I get to bring him out, which I said, like, you know, and will you talk to me about these kind of things a lot? You always be like, bro, like live in the moment, like this is dope, like, and you. I remember you used to always say to me too, everybody don't. See all these things bro but they're happening you have to understand these moments that you in and it took me until this season to really realize bro you get to introduce the goat like they be in my ear like brady's in the tunnel now and his song now is jay-z's public announcement so literally he comes they in my ear brady in the tunnel and Eakin in five four three two one and i just silence everything and i get to do my thing they don't tell me how to do it or nothing and i'll be like some days I'd be like, can you give it up for the GOAT? Some days I'd be like, can you give it up for my quarterback? However I do it, and then I just drop it. Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> yeah, and and the great, the funniest thing about it is, and I tell people this, man, like I can't speak for everybody's chance to meet Tom Brady, but my moment happened at uh, Mike Evans' uh, event, foundation event, and he showed up. Everybody's like, yo, I think Brady's coming. I think Brady's coming. He wound up there. He comes on the stage, and a bunch of the players are taking pictures or whatever, and I just said to him, I was like, Hey man, we working on that song this year. What we doing? And he was like, "Man, I've been coming out to that song. That's my song. I've been coming out to that song since New England days." And I was like, "Wow!" And then we just talked a minute about music or whatever. And I was like, "This dude to be who he is, to be just talking to me. You know what I'm saying? Like this moment. That's like funny. to your point, Will, they just gave me like a different respect for him. Like this is Tom Brady, bro. And he just talking to me because I just hit him on some music, you know, just like cool dude yeah. type thing. Wasn't overly bearing nothing like that. And like it made me embrace the moment of getting to introduce him because this could be his final season, whether it's in Tampa Bay or just period. Right. That I get to introduce him every single week and drop like probably my favorite artist. Right. Jay-Z like that public announcement yeah. song is actually one of my favorites. So to get to drop yeah. it every single week for the GOAT. Man, hey, let me tell you, it's a moment. It's a the moment goat for real. Playing the goat, right? Yeah, the goat it's a, yeah, that's, a, that's, goat, that's one of my know? captions. So that's one of my captions too. Yeah, that's one of my captions. Like, how could Giselle do this to you, bro? Man, Tom, no wonder Gronk would look at you like that in all the pictures, bro. Hey, you you know what's funny though? You know what's funny? And speaking of moments, right? And I tell people all the time, man. Like I said, it's no secret to y'all, especially like Will. Wilt has been there since, like, I mean, I got on as a mixer. Like, Wilt has been there, right? So it ain't no secret to how I am with Wilt. Um, every, a lot of people were like, when they saw the picture that I got to take with Brady, they were like, bro, you look like, I said, let me tell you something, bro. I ain't apologizing for this picture because, first of all, I got it. We was going to be ready. I had, this is the smile that you're going to have when Brady gets ready to take this picture. And Brady turned around and said, hey, man, you ready to get that flick? Hey, man, all I wanted to do was not make it awkward. I ain't want to overly grab him. I ain't want to make it awkward. And I was standing there with my best corporate smile. Will to have my tux on. And I just wanted to get it, right? <laughs> and look, people can talk all day. Because, you know, my brother's in Atlanta, right? My brother's big shouts to Heem. Heem has this picture. Like, the the reigning. We got the, the way our pictures are reigned in the house, right? And he's been, he's the reigning champ, bro. He got a picture with Pac. You know, Will, Will my brother was in the Vixen back in the day. That's how, that's back in the day. Pac was in the Vixen. He got a picture with Pac. Not, not no, like what they say, what Jada Kiss say, not no made up joints. He got a, like Pac, like Carl Kanai Pac. Yo, you know what's so remarkable about that though is 
like everybody got a camera with them now. Wasn't no cameras around back then. Who Boom. had a camera? Like that is so clutch, yo. Right. Like, that's, so yo, that's legendary. Right. So and believe me, he lets you know it's legendary. He lets you know. Like he he him lets you know. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he has a picture with Jordan too. So when I got the goat pick, he was like. You got moved him lined up. up now. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like, you moved up, but, but this is pop. This is pop. This is pop. <laughs> so I, I mean, look, I got, I got to give you the Brady a leg, a leg up on the Jordan though, because Brady got seven rings. You're working with Brady, like you're, you're representing the team. You give you a little leg up on the Jordan with that one, but he got you with pop though. Yeah. Pop was only here for what, 25, 26 years. So exactly. He got you with that one. Yeah, yeah. and 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 to your point, right. Everybody didn't have a camera phone back then, right? So, not, look, not only did he get the picture, he got it developed. He's gotten it, he's gotten it enlarged. <laughs> look, he went through the whole shebang with the pop, big bro. And look, we all it's have copies. Look, we all, all the... Windshield on a truck and everything. He's got yeah, everything yeah. wrapped. Look, all, he had to make sure the flash was correct. And all the family members have been distributed copies. We all I have copies. <laughs> so, I love it. That would be yeah. my Christmas card. Hey, look, man, but, but, yeah. but yeah, man. Like, and I tell people, man, like I'm a fan of this game, man. Like I'm a fan of you dudes, man. And, and I'm not afraid to be a fan. I, I feel like I should be here, but I think too, the thing I love about you guys is that I think like, and not, not think I know, like just by the work you've put in meeting dudes like yourself, when I got in this game, it showed me what that love can do, man. And, and, and I, I, that's what I try to tell every kid now too. When they talk to me about this, so I go, look, man, if you're doing something you love, it ain't going to feel like work. It ain't going to feel like work. And this has never felt like work. It all hasn't been perfect, but just meeting dudes like yourself in this game and the stuff we've been able to do and even do stuff like this right now, right, to have this kind of a discussion on something that we've come up with called the Players Playlist. It is really dope to me, man. And I, I appreciate you both for taking the time, man, to do it with me, man. And, and you know, I'm a fan of y'all as well. I wanted to say, man, thank you so much for having me on here, brother. Um, and Crisco, like, we go way back. I mean, talk about giving flowers. Like, I built a career out of making friends with DJs, man. And you guys were the early ones. Like, when I was on the ground and you guys didn't have to mess with me, you guys were both popping in your cities. You know, Crisco done ran me through Houston many times when he had Houston on lock. You know what I mean? We did a lot of things in Houston when he had Houston on lock. Eakin in Tampa, like we ran through the whole bay and Clearwater and everything around there. And you guys really showed me a whole world that I wasn't even exposed to prior to that, man. And to see you guys still thriving and succeeding. Crisco, you and your family, beautiful brother. I I love seeing that, man. Like, I'm proud of y'all and I'm glad to still be here with you guys and be able to do stuff like this. So thank you so much for having me here. You guys are legends and I just am, am, you know, happy to be here and be able to be on this platform with y'all, for real. I, I really do appreciate it. Appreciate you. That's why I love him, man. That's why you gotta love Will Wallace, man. <laughs> rare, rare in this game, just in life, period. Amen. Appreciate you. Amen. Once again, thank you. Brown energy today. I don't care if you brought that Antonio Brown swag today. I, I'm still watching <laughs> you. It comes down, Ethan. You were talking about AB, and now you're looking like you're about to drop a video and hey, a record man. next. Hey man, I might have one. I might have one. I'm not sure yet. I might have one. I might be working on a remix. I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey, hey, Wiltman. <laughs> hey, Wiltman, if they're trying to find you online, man, where can they find you at on social media? Yo, you can find me at Wilt Wallace on Instagram and Twitter. W I L T W A L L A C E at Wilt Wallace. Hey, Crisco, as always, where you at, man? 
you already know, man, at Crisco Kid, two Ds on the kid. And uh, this week I got a toy drive that I'd love to see everybody participate in and uh, find out how you can donate your non-perishable food items, your new unwrapped toys and some toiletries, benefiting three different organizations. It's my 15th year to do it. So uh, shout out to y'all if you've seen this. Please figure out a way to donate if you can. And that man, Chris, gonna be working, boy. Chris, gonna be working. As always, man, at DJ Eakin across all the socials, at DJ Eakin TV on YouTube, man. I appreciate everybody who's taking the time to rock with us here at the uh, Players Playlist. Wilt Wallace, once again, man, I appreciate you, my brother, man, and I appreciate you taking the time. Chris, as always, for waking up on the West Coast and, and doing this with me, man. And, and my man, Jason, here, Radio Influence, man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we got to do it again, man. I'm kind of liking this. I think I think we're on to something with this little sports and entertainment thing because I think that you know it's a lot of dudes like Wilt and you Crisco that got some voices out here that we need to just start I, I like to get start bringing this barbershop talk to the forefront in a positive way and I think it's dope and and Wilt like to to the point man one one thing I wanted to tell you too is I'm glad that we get to have brothers like you on that play the behind the scenes thing because one of the things that Crisco and I talked about too when we were planning this is like your voice is one of the dope ones that need to be heard, right? Because we got so much going on out here that, that you and I both notice, right? We deal with this entertainment and hip hop thing, especially, right? Which is our world. It's so much negativity that keeps running out there, man. Like we're not having good conversations, right? And we really are. We just don't often get to put them on platforms like this, man. So I appreciate you both for taking the time because I'm glad we get to put it on this platform, man. I really am. Let's go. Salute, brother. Let's do it. Man, it's time to put on our pants. We got to get the day started. Let's get to work. Hey, man. Hey, hold on. Hold on. One more time before we get out of here. 19 seconds is more than enough time. That's all I'm going to say. I holler at you, fellas, man. Thank you.